Hello, everybody out there in Radio Land. This is Jane Cormier, your host for Artful Living here on WKXL, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com, WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. And, of course, at the beginning of all of our Artful Living segments, we have to shout out our sponsor. So Good Life Programs and Activities is a 50-plus health and wellness center in Concord. They offer low-cost or free exercise and art classes as well as trips, socials, and educational seminars. So visit goodlifenh.org, and you can also visit them at the Smokestack Center at 254 North State Street in Concord. They are a wonderful group of people, and they offer wonderful events. So if you're looking for information, it's goodnewsnh.org, and we thank Good Life for sponsoring Art for Living. All right, so, um, boy, we've been doing a bunch of different segments here on Art for Living, and you know we, we try to embrace art, even in ways that you might not immediately think about art, right? I mean, everything from farms to, of course, music and poetry. Well, today, we have a guest who I'm thrilled to have with us, um, who is a man of radio. And uh, we we actually met Rob Landry um, about a month ago, I think, here on uh, WKXL. And I immediately wanted this gentleman on Artful Living, because he is just a treasure trove of information about radio. So, Rob Landry, thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> glad to be here. Yes, I am. I can't wait. You know, everybody knows we do our conversations live. I don't generally ask too many questions of anybody that comes in. And uh, so we're going to figure this stuff out. And I'm thrilled to um, be able to talk to you today. Well, thank you. It's going to be great. Now, you are affiliated with WSCS, or are you the founder well, no. Um, no. WSCS, as it's in its current incarnation as a classical station, was set up by Bob Vinicor, huh? uh, who bought the station from Colby Sawyer College several years ago, and then subsequently sold it to uh, the organization that my brother and I set up to run it. Beautiful. Oh. Beautiful. But you've been with the organization or affiliated for quite a while, haven't you? Well, the organization was only set up in 2016. But, oh, really? Uh, yeah, but, but the, the, station's been, the station's been on the air for a lot longer than that. I have. Okay, so they sort of switched around who was, you know, working the station. Well, when, Bob, when Bob bought it, he decided to change it to classical. So he contacted uh, World Classical Network on Cape Cod, wow. which is the company that I had set up the world. Uh, I'd set up their format for them. Yeah. Uh, technically, anyway, the the programming side was done by Mario Mazza, but uh, they wanted a uh, Bob wanted a classical format for the for the station. He contacted them. They got in touch with me. I built Bob his <laughs> automation system. And went up there and installed it. And then I guess it was three or four years later, uh, Bob ended up selling the station to uh, Sugar River Foundation, which is our organization. I see. And we just kept the classical format and Yay. ran with it. That's so, awesome. Uh, I mean, boy, do we ever need that. We need more grace and beautiful music in our day. And so um, classical music, you know what? I have to say, sometimes um, when I tell people that I work at an, a small independent radio station, um, they always kind of look at me funny. I, I don't know. What do you think about radio today? What is the status of radio today? 
Well, radio as an industry uh, is not in the best shape that it could be in. Um, Unfortunately, some decisions were made by politicians back in the 80s and 90s that allowed a lot of people with big money to come in and buy up lots of radio Mm. stations and make them into these immense empires that are run from a central point where there's very little local input uh, it's no longer possible for members of community uh, of, of local communities to get access to radio stations very easily because they're programmed from hundreds of miles away, right. sometimes through satellites, sometimes through what's called voice tracking, uh, where you have somebody sitting in a studio in, say, San Antonio, mm-hmm. who's recording announcements for radio stations all over the country and sending them out through, through the Internet. Now, voice tracking isn't all bad. Um, WSCS wouldn't exist without it. Uh, voice tracking, especially, what's that? Like for well, voice tracking is where you have an announcer who might be sitting at home or oh. somewhere far away who you can contact and say, look, I need uh, announcements recorded for a radio station here in um, Concord, right. wherever. Right. And uh, they'll record them upload them, and then they play back on the radio station as if they were local announcements. And you don't know that the announcer's actually sitting in his living room in Florida. I guess that being an announcement is not a big sweat, but I mean the identity of the community. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're not talking like a written script ad, I guess that, that you're right, that's fine. But I mean the identity of these communities and communities not having input to, into their own media what a loss. Yeah. I mean, in the old days, when I got started in this industry back in 1979, the rules were that your license only ran for three years, and you came up for a comparative renewal hearing at the end, which basically meant the FCC would look at your track record of serving the community. And if anybody else came forward with a proposal that they thought was better, they might give the license to them instead of you. Really? So radio broadcasters had to be very meticulous about, gee, we haven't talked to the mayor recently. Gee, we haven't talked to representatives of agriculture or industry or whatever lately, or this or that minority group or this or that Indian tribe or what have you. And there was this elaborate process called um, ascertainment that we all went through as part of the uh, uh, process of maintaining our licenses. And my old college radio station had a commercial license, and so they had to go through all of this stuff. We had to go talk. We had to find representatives of agriculture in Cambridge, Massachusetts. (laughs) Which basically doesn't exist. Yeah, right. But you know that <laughs> but was you on found the was a checkbox. We had to find somebody that was growing something that yeah. we could we could talk to. Amazing. And we had a, a certain number of uh, hours a week of of um, community affairs programming yes. that we had to put on the air and and put that down as part of our uh, our record. And that uh, all those uh, requirements have mostly gone out the window. There's still a requirement to list the programs that you do run in the way of community service and what issues they addressed. Right. But beyond that, there's no requirement at all. So it kept them honest in some sense. I mean, you know, I know there was oversight, but, you know, if you had to know that at the end of the three years you were accountable for the programming you put forth and that all these, you know, things had to be checked. Wow, I had no idea. So what happened? There's been such a vast change. At what point did... 
did that cease to be? I mean, why did that happen specifically? It started happening in the 1980s. Uh, there are a lot of people on Wall Street who looked at radio and thought that they saw a large money-making opportunity. So they pressured the FCC to get to, to water down the ownership requirements so that instead oh of being gosh. limited to 7 a.m., 7 FMs, and 7 TV stations with only one of each in any one place, uh, you could basically buy up hundreds of these things and turn around and sell them to somebody else at a, at a profit and, and, you know, take your, your money to the bank. Yeah. And that's what these guys wanted to do. Oh my God. And by getting rid of all of the local news requirements and the local public service requirements, that meant that you could get rid of a lot of expenses, translate yeah. people, yeah. Um, in, in, incurred in running radio stations, and you could just do it dirty and cheap and yeah. then turn around and sell it for an enormous profit. And this uh, station that I have on my T-shirt, WCRB in Boston, mm -hmm. had been um, independently owned since 1948 when it first went on the air. Right. And it was sold in 2006 for $100 million, Holy which is an astronomically moly. high amount of money. That, well, that's a big station, though. I yeah. mean, very well, world, you know, worldwide probably known. But uh, and, and that station was sold to Greater Media, which flipped it country music. And they sold the classical format to uh, Nassau Broadcasting, which owned 99.5 and put classical on there. Yeah. And they ran it for three years and then sold it to WGBH, who owns it now. Um, and ironically, okay. the sale to WGBH was only for $14.5 million. So that's how, that's how much the price had dropped in the three years between 2006 and 2009 as the Wall Streeters took their profits and ran and left the radio station saddled with enormous amounts of debt, which means they had to cut expenses even more and, and use whatever technological uh, yeah. fixes they could do yeah. to basically... Pump it up. You know, right. Yeah. It was it was um, unfortunate that all of this happened. Unfortunate. But was, I mean, they ruined the entire business. Basically, market forces that the stations had been shielded from from FCC regulations swooped in and, and wiped them out when the regulations went away. I mean, that's the, that's the short answer. Unbelievable. OK, so now you guys know why we're having Rob on the air today. Wow. I mean, what information? What a sad story. I had no idea what that story was. Wow. Okay. Hang on now because we're going to have a break, but we're going to come back with, with Rob Landry on the other side. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this because I find this fascinating. And we'll also talk about WSCS. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Welcome back. WKXL, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com, WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Uh, Jane Cormier here, your host for Artful Living. And our guest today is Rob Landry. And Rob Landry is with uh, a radio com radio station right here in, in New Hampshire, WSCS. Um, we at WKXL met Rob last month and... Um, specifically myself, I was so thrilled to have him here as a guest. If you missed our last segment, we talked a little bit about uh, the, the nasty trajectory that happened to independent radio in, beginning in the 1980s. And uh, that story was, for me, wow, what information that was to find out how we ended up being where we are today with these, 
with independent radio, with community radio stations really being hard to find. I mean, and what a loss. What an absolute loss to our communities. Well, I certainly think so. I think that in the good old days, you had major stations with with high power levels that would focused were focused on customer uh, on on community service yeah. and on um, their mission of informing the public and and raising the their the. Uh, level of, of cultural content out there. And a lot of those stations have been swept away and turned into cookie cutter formats yeah. that run off of automation systems and whatnot. Right. And to be fair, the technology can be used in the other direction. Uh, a station like WSCS wouldn't exist today without the technology. The right. station has a, a very low budget. Uh, it runs on not more than about $10,000 a year, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have any paid employees. Uh, it relies on people outside the uh, the community to do announcements. Um, but it does maintain the quality of programming that it does. My and goodness. it is accessible to local people because they can send me an email or call me or whatever, and I'll put their announcements on the air, and I'll, you know... Do we've done live uh, radio dramas and uh, uh, that sort of thing? Very cool. Yeah, very cool. Well, you know what? You're right. I mean, people, um, the people that you're involved with doing this, probably it's a labor of love. I mean, they really believe in the entity and they're willing to sacrifice Absolutely. to do it. You know what? On the other side, as an opera singer who brought opera to New Hampshire, try selling opera in New Hampshire. Um, it was not dissimilar. You know, I found and we found as a small opera company first in southern New Hampshire and then here in Concord area that um, we could not follow the normal business plan. There wasn't a whole lot of business to draw from to support the opera because people were like, "Uh, you know, who's going to go to the opera? So what we did is we had to run it gratis. I mean, I ran my last opera company for 13 years without getting paid. Mm -hmm. And if because if that position was paid. None of the singers would have gotten paid. None of the, uh, you know, the instrumentalists and all the other expenses yeah. would have gotten paid. So yeah. it's people like you that keep things going uh, because you believe in the in in the art form. And radio is an art form. I'm going to ask you a question, and you know what? It might be a little bit out there. Uh-huh. And we're 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 doing this live per se, so I understand if if it's a question that's weird or not, you don't want to answer it, but. In the 80s, uh, you say that this was was generated by the big, you know, the money makers wanting to make more money, right? They, yes. Selling yes. these stations. I mean, putting on my tinfoil hat, do you think that there was a shift anywhere that said that um, powers that be wanted to take local voices out of radio and therefore found a way to sort of buy out these stations so that a larger entity could control the airwaves? I think the the motivation was strictly monetary. Okay. I think there were people out there who were looking for ways to make money, and they saw all these little radio stations, and they said, you know, if we could sweep away the regulations, we could buy these things up, okay. slim them down, uh, and sell them at an enormous profit and take that money and walk away. What a sin. Huh? And that's what they did. Yeah, okay. Uh, and that is how, uh, the, that's how the economy works, yeah, unfortunately. Absolutely. You're right, There's you're no, right. There's uh, no, very few checks on it. You know, I used to be, and still am to a certain degree, an avid shortwave radio listener. And when the uh, Iron Curtain fell mm-hmm. and the, the Cold War ended, it was interesting to hear what, 
radio stations, what happened to radio stations behind the Iron Curtain after they had to transition from being state-owned, state-supported radio stations to commercial entities. My goodness. And the difference is just absolutely jaw-dropping. I bet. I mean, they almost wouldn't probably know what to do, um, right? I mean, they have to rebuild the whole model because... Yeah, they, they they went through much of the same process that radio stations in this country did when they were deregulated, but it was even more so. I mean, it was what oh, I would course. call a race to the bottom in terms of quality. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were just looking for ways to get more and more uh, listeners course. so that they could sell more and more ads, and they were competing with each other to become more sensational and more, yeah. you know, it was just not, not a good thing at yeah. all. Right. Right. Well, fortunately, I don't think we've quite hit that point, right? But um, yeah, inter- I love this. So I, I'm able to pick your brain and, and get information. Thank you for answering that question. So uh, tell us, tell us something about uh, what, what we should know about WSCS. Well, it's a small radio station. It serves New, New London and the Lake Sunapee region. It's only 180 watts, so it's not a, a, a signal that's going to penetrate um, large portions of the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do intend one of these days to try and see if we can upgrade it to a higher power or a different frequency that we can get us more range. But um, we've been focusing right now on just making it reliable and making it uh, consistently high quality and giving people a product that they can listen to and be happy with. Mm-hmm. And we are, have been looking for opportunities to get more involved in the local community. Like I mentioned before, we did two live radio dramas oh, during the COVID so pandemic cool. when the theater company, the local theater company, couldn't bring people into their theater. Yeah. So they sat down with us and we did these and they, they came out very well, I think. Awesome. Um, we'd love to do more of that. We'd love to do some live concerts. Wow, that's um, great. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Yeah, you know what? It doesn't have to be big to be great. No. I mean, why do we, we we believe that in this country? You know, that if you have an opera company that isn't, you know, a million dollars a year, it's not worthy, right? Or if the radio station doesn't have a huge frequency, you know, we, we think like that. And let's face it, some of the very best things and most meaningful meaningful things in our lives are small. Small does not mean less quality. That's absolutely true. But on the other hand, the whole purpose of radio is broadcasting, and that true. means <clears throat> you want to reach as large an audience as you can. True. Uh, a radio station with nobody listening might as well not exist. Yeah, that's absolutely and true. I tell this to the college radio people that I work with back in the Boston area. Uh, they're constantly looking at stranger and stranger things to put on the air. And I say, look, it's fine to put things that are off the beaten path on the air, but you have to bear the listener in mind. Mm -hmm. And if you put something on the air in the middle of afternoon drive that doesn't go well with, you know, being snarled in Boston traffic, (laughs) they're not going to keep you tuned in. Right. And you want people to listen to these things, you've got to present them in the way that makes them uh, as uh, accessible as possible to the listener. You have to know your listener and play to that. Exactly. Yeah. Play to your audience. Again, I could say that about opera, right? Yes, absolutely. Isn't that funny? You know, the arts are like that. They are malleable. People Mm -hmm. do not see connections. But creative performance, um, you know, is very similar no matter what art form you're looking at. And opera is particularly challenging, especially on the radio, because much of it is in foreign languages. Right. And foreign languages have never been big in uh, in uh, among Americans, unlike Europeans. Yes. 
Uh, so um, it's a challenge. But you know what? In the old days, it was okay because there were radio broadcasts of the Met for you know many decades, right? Yes, there were. And you would get... It was funny because back in those days, and I didn't grow up with opera. I came into it pretty late in life. My, I was the last of eight kids, and the thought of opera in my house would have made people laugh, right? Uh-huh. But um, in growing you know, into it, how knowledgeable the bass was, because at the time, of course, not at this technology, it couldn't translate everything, they'd go and get a libretto. And you know what? They'd have to read it. They would. And, and they did. Mm-hmm. And then they would hear the performance, and, and it was fine. You know, I mean... That extra step um, might seem cumbersome, but the written word of the translation that they were hearing, I think, made the radio performance wonderful to hear. And it, and it helped that you had people like Milton Cross who would give elaborate Succinct, uh, yes. descriptions of this is what's going to happen. Yes. And this is, you, know, <laughs> it, it, you, you pretty much have to do that yes, if, you're you gonna, do. if you're going to uh, uh, present something like that on the radio. Even live. I mean, for the past few years, um, Piccolo has been, uh, for about a year and a half, we've, we stopped um, about a year and a half ago. But we would always have events where, that, where we would do that so we could explain um, you know, what was going to happen. And then, of course, we put not direct translation, but, you know, pretty succinct, um, what do they call it, blurbs, per yes. se, you know, yes. about what synopsis, yeah. there you go, uh, of what the people were going to be seeing. But, yeah, it's funny, huh, how that's all come around the, you know, the mulberry bush here. All right, we're going to take a little break. WKXL, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. Jane Cormier, your host for Art for Living. Rob Landry is our guest today, and we'll be back right after the break. back WKXL 1450 AM 103.9 FM Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Jane Cormier here your host for Artful Living here on WKXL and uh, we have a wonderful guest guest today. His name is Rob Landry and he is with Classical 90.9 FM WSCS. If you're just joining us, we've had a pretty rousing two-segment conversation about the state of art and and radio in general, um, here in our country, I, it's been fascinating. I, I One of my favorite guests, I think, that I've had this year. So I can't thank well, you thank enough you. for being here. All right. So um, I've pulled up the website of classicalwscs.org, which anyone can visit. That's classicalwscs.org. And on there, we have some programming information, which I'm going to talk about right now. We have to discuss this. So... Um, you were saying, you know, transmitter speaking, you have a fairly small, um, you know, station that yes, you generate from, right. but you have some pretty excellent listings here for um, your program schedule. So I want to ask you specifically, your Sunday mornings, um, is that the morning, the Sunday Baroque? Yes. And, and uh, so tell us something about your programming. You have some good stuff well, here. Well, the, uh, the Sunday programs are syndicated shows. Sunday Baroque, if I remember correctly, comes from WSHU in uh, Connecticut. Okay. Sacred Heart University. Sacred Heart University. Beautiful. Uh, we also have a program called Millennium of Music on Sundays, um, which is a, uh, another syndicated show. Yeah. Um, 
there's a show on Sunday evening called Behavior Night that's actually produced by my brother. Behavior and, Night. Yeah, yes. It is uh, <laughs> not strictly classical music. It's actually jazz and popular music of the 1920s and 30s. Holy moly. And uh, it's a very fun show. Oh, uh, my we, goodness. It's on at 8 o'clock. Uh, it runs on several other stations besides this one, including a shortwave station based in Monticello, Maine. Really? So it can be heard all over the world. Holy yeah. moly. Wow. Behavior Night. What? Why that name? Um, you'd have to ask my brother. <laughs> um, I, he had, was in a strange mood one day, and that's what he, that's what he uh, chose as the name of the show. Because it sounds pretty cool, you know, yeah, history yeah. and all that other good stuff in there with great music from the old days. And he, is a, he is, uh, has an encyclopedic knowledge of the music. Uh, he will tell you, will listen to a record, he will tell you exactly who the different performers were on it. God, are you serious? And uh, how so-and-so ended up in Count Basie's orchestra. And and uh, oh yeah, he's, he's so very. So that good with has that. been his thing. Yeah. Oh man, maybe we have to have him on here too. I would love to hear some of those stories. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I've personally speaking, I started out um, when I was a kid, when I was young. You know, it was all popular music that I sang, and then I decided in my teens I was going to be a Broadway star. So. I got pretty crazy about all the Broadway history and uh-huh. stuff, and and then when I got to college, it turned into opera. But the funny thing about music, and and this goes beyond um, probably more a surface understanding of music, right? The good thing about music is that if it's quality music, the genre does not matter. It really reads across the genre. Well, that's very much the philosophy of my old college station, WHRB. About two-thirds of their programming is jazz and classical. Beautiful. But they also have country shows sure. and rock shows and various and sundry other things that don't really fall into uh, yeah, any supposedly. category. Yeah, supposedly category. But you know what? Categories, be careful of that. Because really, if you are in truth a, 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 you know, a musical kind of person, usually if you just keep that door open a little bit, you can see how all the music in different forms and styles still speak to you. Yeah, that's Different true. ways, you that's know, true. That's it's all good. Um, so you you also have other things here that are happening. You have a Mozart block. Yes, so, that's uh, at 9 o'clock in the morning. Um, there's a major Mozart piece, typically 15, 20, 25 minutes, that right. kicks off the, the 9 o'clock hour. Beautiful. That's a, a longtime fixture of World Classical Network's programming, going back to the days when it was uh, part of WCRB in Boston. Yay, I like it. You can't go wrong with Mozart. Mm-hmm. You know, just now, saying. secretly, nobody knows this, but secretly it also repeats at midnight. Okay. Well, so what? That's good, right? I mean, if it's good, you can come back at midnight. Now, can you go online and hear this music as you well? You certainly can. So that's important for the audience today because if they're not sitting in their car at the time or not listening to a radio at the time that this plays, you can go online and you can listen to all this music. So, that's and right. That's right on the site? Or? Yeah, there's a Listen Live link on there. Uh, you can also find it by going to TuneIn.com and looking for WSCS. We're also on a website called Radio.Garden, which is oh. one of the more fascinating radio station websites I've visited in a long time. Really? What you get is a map of the world with a whole bunch of green dots on it. And each little green dot is a radio station. You click on it and you hear it. Get and they're here. not labeled in any way. You just see that, oh, a here I'm in dot? the middle of Poland, and here's this <laughs> green dot. I'm going to click on it. Uh, I found a, a, a very fascinating radio station one day when I was poking around in Belgium, oh uh, and I God. clicked on a, a little dot, and it was a, a radio station called Nuts Radio out of <laughs> Bastogne. <laughs> 
And I don't know if a lot of listeners will be familiar with the story, but Bastogne was besieged by the Germans during World War II, during the Battle of the Bulge. Okay. And there was an American uh, um, airborne division that was trapped in there, and the German commander sent the commander of the Americans a note asking, them, asking for surrender. And the Americans sent back a one-word message, nuts. Oh, my goodness. And Get so the, ra- the radio station takes its name from that. Oh my gosh, are yeah. you serious? Now, do you want to hear something weird? Mm-hmm. You said that was in Belgium? Yes. All right, so my Belgium. father was at the Battle of the Bulge. Mm-hmm. So was and mine, German, actually. he was a German. I, I, he said that at that time, he, he was in Belgium and they were fighting, he said, when he looked back, I don't know, Germans. So is this yeah. the battle he's talking, this is specific? Yeah, the, it's called the Ardennes Offensive. Uh, in uh, uh, Historians refer to it as that, but colloquially, it's the Battle of the Bulge. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's wild. Yeah, my father was in the 94th Infantry Division. They came up at the end of the battle to basically push the Germans back across okay. the border. Wowie zowie. Isn't this weird? Yeah. Both yeah, our no. dads served there. Yep, absolutely. Wowie zowie. Okay, who would have thought that would come up? Yes, yeah, so this thing, this radio dot garden, that sounds pretty cool. Oh, it's fascinating. You can sit there for hours and just, you know, oh, geez, let's see, what country is this? And the borders aren't drawn, just a bunch of green dots. So you're hopping from dot to dot, and suddenly you're in Germany, and, and then you're in Poland, you. and then you're in Belarus. Oh my and goodness. Yeah. That is cool. All right, so when you have time, you have to check that out, folks. Yeah. When you have some time and you want to play, this is a great game, Radio.Garden, and we would never have known that without you, Rob. That's awesome. Um, okay, so tell us what else. I, do I see Evenings with Larry King? Yes, that's not Larry King who used to be on television, <laughs> I who I believe is no, is no longer with us. That's right. But this Larry King is a Boston-based uh, radio announcer who actually lives in Duxbury, Massachusetts. Wow. Uh, who's been with World Classical Network and before it WCRB. For a long, long time, he used to host Boston Symphony broadcasts at, from Tanglewood. Okay. In fact, one day he was out there doing a Boston Symphony broadcast, and he felt a little strange. And he drove home and uh, felt strange enough to go to the hospital, oh. and they told him that he'd had a heart attack. Oh, my God. Uh, and he was out of commission for about six months after that. Poor thing. But he's been back and better than ever. Good. Uh, this was many years ago. Isn't that something, huh? Yeah. Wow, he's, uh, I'm glad he's good. I'm Larry, glad he's Larry good. is a great guy, a wonderful person. He's a veteran of WCOZ, which was a rock and roll station in Boston <laughs> oh in the 1970s. Really? Yeah. Okay, and now and, and he does something called Dinner Classics. Yes, From yes. 6 to 8. Yes. I those mean, what are a great title. Classical pieces that are chosen to be backgrounds to dinner or other things that one might be doing at that hour of the evening. Who came up with that idea? Uh, That would be Mario Mazza, the creator of the format. I'm liking this. I think that this is awesome. I mean, this just gives you a peek at to good stuff in the past, you know, that was more prominent than it is now. And now we we see it here and it's like, oh my goodness, that's such a great idea to bring music into your into your life, you know, in, in a time sitting down enjoying a meal. Well, these ideas came up when WCR, uh, WCRB was still independent and still commercial, and we had a guy running it by the name of Bill Campbell, who is, alas, no longer with us. Oh. But he was one of the most dynamic individuals I'd ever, I've ever worked with and probably the best boss I ever had. Wow. Uh, and he came from, uh, from Greater Media, ironically, the company that would afterwards buy the station and turn it country. 
Um, and he, he, was a, he was a bona fide Kentucky colonel. I, he actually was born in uh, Niagara Falls, Ontario, so he was Canadian. Ah. Uh, but he had, he had worked in Kentucky. He had worked in the newspaper business for a while. I remember going into Symphony Hall with him one day to uh, talk to the people there about the broadcast booth. And I'm used to going in there, and I'll tiptoe up the back stairs so as not to disturb mm-hmm. anybody because, you know, these are like, world-class musicians. Of course, you know? yes. And the last thing they want is like, you know, a bunch of screwdrivers falling down <laughs> the stairs or something in the middle of their rehearsal. Right. And, you know, Bill would like strut out into the middle of the stage and open his arms and announce in a loud voice, hi, everybody, I, I'm here. I love and him. And the place would be empty <laughs> except for this electrician in the middle of the seats working on a chandelier, oh. and he'd give Bill a dirty look. Yeah, right. But it was he, Bill was just f- phenomenal. That's a personality. Yes. Absolutely. you got to love that. Yes. All right, I hear music, so that means that we're going to take a little break here at WKXL, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. We will be with you Stay put right after this break. Welcome back. WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. You are with Artful Living here on WKXL, New Hampshire, talkradio.com. My name is Jane Cormier. If you're just joining us, our guest today is Rob Landry from Classical 90.9 WSCS. And boy, we've been having a great conversation today. I have enjoyed it fully. Uh, All kinds of great information and educating me and educational purposes for radio and far beyond. So uh, thank you, Rob, for being with us again. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) All right. So is there anything else? Because we were talking about, if you're just joining us, um, that you can can visit 90.9 WSCS right off their website, classicalwscs.org. And on there has a listing of their offerings. Um, so what, what else would you like us, anything you would like us to know about programming or your station? Well, um, the station is uh, committed to the format. We want to be uh, more of a, of a player in the, in the local community than we are right now. Um, we're interested in, in connecting to people who might... Um, uh, lead us towards live concert broadcasts or even something like a public affairs show. Mm-hmm. Right now, we don't produce our own public affairs show. We import it from Massachusetts. Okay. And I would love it. I'd love to be able to do our own thing in yes. that department. Right. Wow, Zowie. I, I, I am so intrigued by this uh, independent radio and, and how clearly defined and committed you are to what you're offering, you know, on a classical station. I wish we had so many more of them. Well, who knows? You know, all sorts of things are possible if people just are willing to step up, step up and make them happen. Yeah. It seems kind of complex, though. You know, the, the radio station format, you're a, you're a treasure trove with regard to radio, how it happens, what it was, where it's going. But for folks coming into it new, I could see that they might feel kind of overwhelmed with, you know, how do you do that? Well, it's actually not as complicated as it seems. Uh, <laughs> we lean on a lot of technology. Yeah. Um, we are The attitude that we have is technology doesn't exist to make people's jobs go away. It exists to stretch 
the people that we have as far as we, as far as we can stretch them right. get more things done in the same amount of time make things happen that the listeners can enjoy at a minimum of, of, of effort because that, that just means we can do more things. Right. Uh, and that, that's how we use it. And I think if you, if you use technology that way, the job becomes a lot easier. You really do have to turn it around and think of it that way. Yes, um, absolutely. You know, to make that jump, which makes sense to me. So what would you like to see happen in general with regard to the airwaves and, and radio in, in New Hampshire? Well, I would love to see uh, a break put on the uh, heartless and soulless market forces that basically run rampant in the media today. Mm -hmm. I would like to see broadcasters encouraged to put things on the air that actually support their local communities yeah. rather than things that simply attract the most ears so that they can make the most advertising dollars. Right. Um, I'd like to see some, some me mechanism found to do that. Among other things, it would drastically improve the political dialogue yes. in this country. It, I think that the split that we're seeing between the the center left and the far right which mm -hmm. is really what we're talking about mm -hmm. is largely due to the fact that there are now myriad media outlets and everybody has their own yeah pick personal favorites that they that they listen to and those favorites know who their target audience is, yeah. and they tailor their programming to basically tell people what they want to hear. Yes. And that's not good. Right. Well, that's that's not the essence of what communication is supposed to be. I no. mean, that just keeps you firmly entrenched in the side that you're on without understanding even or hearing sometimes what the other side is about. You know, I mean, what, how can you make good choices? How can you make, you know, observations about anything if information isn't flowing evenly through both. Well, what you need is not either side's perspective so much as the actual facts, what is really happening. Right. Uh, and if all you ever hear, if all you ever hear about are schools where people are, sh are getting shot, right. then it's easy to come away with the impression that schools are dangerous places. Of course. And that's not true. Absolutely true. But, but see, the, what I'm saying here is that this, this uh, apparatus that has been put in to, to sort of put everybody in their place wherever you think you are right they actually change the facts like you just said to fit who they know their sitting audience is yeah so there isn't real facts there's only the side of the side you're on that puts those facts out and now the truth isn't being served because well, it's not full. You can tell something. You can tell somebody something that's absolutely verifiably true, mm -hmm. and nevertheless not representative of the larger whole. Yeah. Uh, and you know the school shooting thing. I remember when I, I I've been singing in a church choir for more than twenty years, and I remember when I first started singing in it, most of the, my fellow choir members had kids, and those kids were very restricted in what they could do in their spare time. When I was a kid, I'd get on my bike oh, yeah. and I'd ride 20 miles out I into mean, the countryside. They'd lock you outside. <laughs> and, you know, if you, 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 you the, the impression was created by the media that if your kid was, you know, playing on the front lawn, somebody would come by and snatch him or her. True. And, you know, the fact that those things happen is a fact, but the fact that they almost never happen mm -hmm. is ignored. Correct. Because, you know, kids that are happily playing in their front, front yards are not front page news. Right. And that is 
the re- that's the problem with the media right. to a large extent, and it's driven by market forces. Yes. It's not driven by a conspiracy. It's driven by market yeah. forces. Whoever their sitting audience is. Yeah. You know, they'll tailor to that. Mm-hmm. So, so we've really lost that ability to speak across, you know, in a full way um, with radio in a lot of ways. And, yeah. and ev- other media. It's not just radio. Yeah, so your absolutely. point is, is the community can bring that, can heal that, can, can you know, make if, that work. If we can get back to radio stations and, and other media outlets serving the entire community mm-hmm. instead of, you know, women 25 to 34 mm-hmm. or working class men aged 49 to, you know, I mean. The it, demographic. It's, it's, yeah. We have to get back to that somehow. Mm-hmm. So I will say WKXL in this past um, eight months has been working really hard to change all of its programming to a more health and wellness arts um, format. Mm-hmm. And it's slow going, you know. I mean, it's it's slow going in that you can't just jump and put anything out there, right? You have to work the no, program. No, y- you can't. Yeah. I mean, I'm involved in some commercial radio stations, and I was assumed that, you know, oh, all I have to do is buy a radio station. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, no. Well, no, you can't, actually. <laughs> Not if you want to stay in business. That's right. Not if you want your station to grow. And, you know, um, WKXL has started an affiliation with uh, New Hampshire Writers Association. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have wonderful programs coming up with that. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, we have stage uh, theater, uh, a theater program that Mm -hmm. has started now that brings in all the community theater happenings and talks with actors and directors and and uh, theater companies and of course we have artful living mm-hmm. and in the future next couple months we're working on bringing an opera program that I'm going to be doing just focus on opera once a week oh and, that's fabulous yeah have some excerpts and talk about people and um, so you know what it's a puzzle and you have to do it piece by piece to get it to fit together to grow it you know to a nice, rounded, you know, shape, whatever you want it to be. Yes. And it's slower going than I thought it would be. Yeah, you know, it outside. always is. Yeah. It always is. I guess so. I guess so. Well, WSCS um, is a wonderful program, and who knows what the future might hold. Between WKXL and WSCS, you never know. Um, maybe we could work together on something. Wouldn't that, that would be, be very, that would be very, uh, very nice. That yes. would be awesome. Yes, because indeed. I love your programming and I love your station. And well, I think you. independent stations need to stay together and work together as much as we can. I, I absolutely agree with that. That's awesome. So you know what, Rob Landry, you have told us what needs to happen in, in radio, uh, what you think in the best world, how it can, you know, really bridge what we're seeing today. Um, WSCS is certainly working toward that, as is WKXL. And down the road, what do you see five years down the road with WSCS? Well, it's hard to tell. I mean, I know where I'd like to be. Uh, I'd like to be bigger, and I'd like to be uh, offering some some new programming features. I'd like to do I'd like to do a request show so that people can call in oh, and request cool uh, their favorite classical pieces. Um, I, I'd like to be much stronger in the public affairs area than, than we have been. In what regard? Well, like I say, we're importing this public affairs show from Massachusetts. It addresses issues that are of concern, but they're mostly of concern to larger markets than New London and the Lake Sunapee okay. region. I'd like to get something that was more locally focused, mm-hmm. um, I, something that, um, 
would be more immediately relevant than some of the things that we're talking about. To that area. Yeah. So this is anybody hearing this radio radio interview or whatever we're doing here, having a conversation, um, how could they contact you if they had an idea or if they wanted to assist with this? Well, I can give them my I can give them my email address or my my phone number. Either of those will work. Let's do an email address. Okay, my email address is rob at sugarrivermedia.com. That's easy. Sugarrivermedium.com. Media. 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 Sugarrivermedia.com. Wonderful. And uh, everybody that's listening, what an opportunity to become part of a community uh, independent radio station. My goodness, there's got to be a lot of people out there that would love or have an idea that maybe they could foster. And you could reach Rob at Rob at SugarRiverMedia.com. So, yes, Rob, indeedy. it has been a thrill. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you for I having mean, me. I wish I could have you on here every month. We, I'm sure we could have a plethora of material. Um, so, everybody out there listening, thank you for joining us here on Artful Living, WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord. And, of course, our new transmitter, 101.9 FM in Manchester. New Hampshire Talk Radio, thanks for being with us. Have a great day.